Hello, and welcome to Before the Arch, the podcast that centers around the lives and narratives of students at Northwestern. This week's episode engages with students who hold identities as first-gen or low-income students, FIGLI for short. If you're interested in getting connected with any or all of the resources we mention, especially student enrichment services, you can find them all in the show notes below. All that being said, let's jump right in. Hi guys, I'm Carter. I use he, him, his pronouns. I am a rising senior studying computer science, theater, and design. I'm originally from Orlando, Florida, and I identify as a low-income student. The way that I actually ended up at Northwestern was thanks to my low-income student identity. I applied to Northwestern through the QuestBridge Scholars Program, or now Quest Plus Scholars Program, and did not match to any schools, but then they sent out an email that said, hey, sorry about not matching, but look at these schools that you didn't apply to. And Northwestern was on the list. And I was like, hmm, I have never heard of this school before because I am country boy in Orlando, Florida. Who knew? Chicago, is that a city or a musical? Who knows? But I applied to Northwestern and I got in. And luckily, Northwestern's financial aid was incredible, regardless of the fact that I wasn't a QuestBridge scholar. And I've been here ever since. And I've been involved with the Quest Plus chapter on campus. I actually had a chance to go to the San Francisco QuestBridge conference, QB25, in the summer of last year, so 2019. And really, it's just been an amazing experience to both connect with students who come from similar backgrounds at an incredibly scary institution, but also connect with other students who feel the same way I do about earning money in college and just being human beings who don't necessarily have really expensive jackets or really expensive computers. Hi, my name is Christina. I'm a rising fourth year. I study earth science and statistics. I'm a low-income student at Northwestern. I'm also technically a first-generation student because both my parents are immigrants and neither of them went to undergrad in the United States, which I didn't know counted as first-gen until I came here, but is for a very good reason. <laughs> my actually first experience on campus was through the Bridge Art Scholars Program, which is a program that begins in August and it was just four weeks of classes, of little mini classes, and you're surrounded by other FGLI students or underrepresented students, which was really awesome. My first experience at Northwestern was with people who came from backgrounds like me, and I, my first friends are people who came from backgrounds like me, which is tricky once the program ended because you realize Northwestern is not <laughs> overwhelmingly like that, and our little our little low-income bubble kind of, kind of popped, <laughs> but it was huge to have that as my first experience at Northwestern, and I'm so grateful that Northwestern does have programs that look out for low-income students, first-gen students, underrepresented minorities. Jason, you're next. Hi, everyone. Looks looks like I'm the youngin'. I'm a rising second year. I am a bio major on the pre-med track. I'm originally from Chicago, so not too far from Northwestern. And I'd say my first real experience with Northwestern was probably around the age of, of eight. A sort of mentor figure in my life was an alumni. He's part of the Latinx community, and he told me that he wanted me to go there. So that sort of put it on the map for me, and, and he sort of mentioned how when he went there, there was, you know, 15 Latinx students on campus. He was one of the original founders of Alianza, which is one of the Latinx student orgs on campus. So it was like, it was a little daunting. Uh, he wasn't selling it very well, but I still decided to apply years later and, and here I am. And I'm very thankful that I did. Someone mentioned the Art Scholars program. So I did BioExcel under the sort of Art Scholars umbrella and I could not be more thankful for it. I would also 
also do Biosciences, which is another program within the Art Scholars. And it's just an amazing program that basically surrounded me with people from similar backgrounds that I guess, you know, made me feel a lot more comfortable and alleviated some of the worries that my mentor had talked about. It seemed like a lot had changed in the Northwestern community since he went there, which I was really appreciative of because I was really scared. Hi. So my name is Fiona. I use she, her pronouns. I'm a rising fourth year student as well. And I'm studying something very different from all y'all, I guess. I am a history and art history double major with minors in anthropology and Russian and East European studies. A mouthful, I know. So I identify as a first generation student. Both my parents didn't go to college. And I didn't even know that this was a thing until like mid-year, like freshman year, because I guess no one really talked about it back home. I'm originally from Jakarta, Indonesia, so it's a really long way away. And unfortunately, I am not officially affiliated with any student groups. I am in, I think I've liked SES and Quest's Facebook pages. I love what they do, and I think they're such great programs. Oh my god, my dog. (laughs) Do you mind explaining, Fiona, real quick what SES is? Yeah, so SES is Student Enrichment Services. They're such a great organization on campus. They provide a lot of resources. Having a community of support of Figley students, they provide financial support as well. They provide material resources. If you lack, for example, like technological access, any books, they can help fund that. So that's a very low-key, underappreciated resource on campus, I think. And I always try to plug that as a PA to any students that might be experiencing any financial difficulties or hardships on campus. Thank you. That was beautiful. So I kind of wanted to get started with, do you feel like a low-income student when you're at Northwestern? I mean, I don't know about y'all, and I obviously can only speak from my experience, but I didn't feel low-income until coming to this campus. I don't think I really understood what low-income was. And I think that's true for at least some other low-income students I know is in their hometowns. Maybe they're living comfortably. They're aware of, you know, some financial issues, but it's not until you come to campus and, and you realize even just like the stats on the wealth at Northwestern are crazy. And, it, and it's not like people are walking around announcing their incomes. It's, it's in really nuanced ways that build up over time. And by the end of my freshman year, I was like, what am I doing here? But within that, you do find pockets of community of people who are also like, what am I doing here? Oh, you don't know what you're doing here either? Oh, cool. Let's be friends. <laughs> so there is definitely, you feel super low income, but that it can also be a huge community builder too. I totally relate to what Christina mentioned. I'd say that to bounce off that nuanced part, I'd say a lot of times it's little things, you know, you're sitting in, in the cafeteria or a dining hall rather, and you meet someone new and and it turns out their family's the CEO of this or, or something or other. And that conversation has happened a lot. You know, I, I think so far in my experience, I'm lucky enough where it's never sort of been towards in this purposefully negative way directed at me, but it can be jarring sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely think it is a very certain type of microaggression that exists. And for those of you who don't know, microaggressions are the little part of interactions that might necessarily set a person of a certain identity on edge. It's not active aggression or passive aggression. And if you don't know what passive aggression is, ask your mom. But, (laughs) and I think like that is 
a huge thing that I've run into a lot at Northwestern is those microaggressions about wealth that come about from seeing everyone in a lecture hall have the newest MacBook or seeing people with AirPods everywhere and then deciding that you should buy AirPods because everyone else has them. Fiona, do you have anything to add? Yeah, so I actually don't identify as a low income student, so I can't really speak to this. I feel like I haven't met anyone else who's also first gen and doesn't identify as low income, which is, I think people often don't think that exists in a sense. Yeah. No, it absolutely exists. I mean, you're here. You exist. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) So actually, I'm going to direct this to you. What is your experience like as a first gen but not low income student? Yeah, it's it's been really strange. So like my parents have been have always been open that they never went to college. They were terrible in high school. They grew up dirt poor. I actually went to a private school back in Indonesia. And it was really strange as we started growing up and we started thinking about our college plans when people were like, oh, my parents went to Columbia. My parents went to Harvard. And it's, oh, y'all's parents went to college. Not just any college. You went to Ivy Leagues. And this was this is 70s, 80s Indonesia, right? So you must have been really rich. It was surreal. And then I can't, when everyone started to apply to college, I was kind of lost. I didn't know where to go. There was a kind of an expectation that we would go abroad, something that's expected of a lot of students back home. When I started to apply for college, I couldn't really ask my parents for any opinions uh, at all because they, they don't know. They like It's not like they even went to school in Indonesia. They don't know uh, what things meant. I was really at the mercy of my school's career counselor. And then I couldn't, I had to like just pretend with my friends that I too would like to go to my family's alma mater. Um, It's like a surreal, like kind of like a bouncing act of pretending to fit in, I guess. And then realizing I don't know these things, but I don't know what I don't know. Mm -hmm. So that's been the most challenging part, I think. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely like not having parental support and applying for college because they just don't know what it's like was awful. (laughs) You feel like you're just flying in the dark and just making these really big decisions that are going to affect the rest of your life with no flashlight, right? Filling out the FAFSA alone, I was my pants. I thought the, am I allowed to say my pants? I don't know. (laughs) I was my pants because I was like, is the federal government going to knock down my door if I say I, if I get a field wrong from transferring from the IRS thing? I don't know. No one at my, like I went to a a title one high school, which if you don't know what that is, is a a high school that receives, it receives federal funding because the majority of the population is low income. And we were above a certain threshold that was on free and reduced lunch. Our guidance counselors just were underfunded and under-equipped to deal with the idea of me wanting to leave the state of Florida. So I did all of that myself, which is scary, really scary. Jason, Christina, what were your experiences? Well, um, I, I mentioned this earlier, but so I went to Lincoln Park, uh, which was definitely an experience. It, it was, it's incredibly racially and socioeconomically diverse. It, the area itself is, is incredibly affluent, but I would say that they bring in a lot of kids from all over the city. And I, I was uh, one of those kids. And so we had, a, I, I want to say we had 870 kids in our graduating class. And I think we had two or three guidance counselors. So it was a heavy, you know, sort of heavy load that these guidance counselors had, had to sort of deal with. But I think my experiences, I sort of lucked out, I would say, with the good guidance counselor. Some of my friends didn't have the best experience with theirs, but mine was always incredibly supportive of me going to Northwestern. 
one has to think that perhaps it could have been influenced by the fact that Northwestern was only 30 miles north or however many miles it is. What that experience would have looked like if I would have applied more more broadly, say to the East Coast or even internationally. But overall, I'd say that I had a positive experience. Speaking to like the first gen experience, kind of like I mentioned, I'm kind of a unique first gen student in that neither of my parents went to school in the United States. And I I'm really, really careful when I like take on the first-gen identity because there's so much privilege in having parents that went to college at all. But definitely kind of like you're mentioning, Carter, that the United States call it undergrad college system is like a, its own beast. And my parents are just like, I don't college tours, what? They had no idea. And especially when I started thinking about applying to more selective schools, that's when they really, really kind of tapped out. They were just like, this is a whole other realm. Um, and it's true. So our school... Our school was about 45% on free and reduced lunch, so there's a good amount of socioeconomic diversity. But we had this one lady who was a highly selective college guidance counselor, and she only worked, you'd like apply to work with her, you only worked, she only worked with students who wanted to go to highly selected schools. And I remember like me and everyone else who had applied to work with her sitting in a room and her telling us all like the secrets. And she was like, you need to start touring now, you need to go to all the colleges now. And if you want to have any chance in your Common App, you need to do something crazy over the summer. So, like, ask your parents to, like, send you across the country, do something crazy. I was like, what? <laughs> this sounds like it became very clear that highly selective had a really strong correlation with wealth. And that's kind of where a lot of times you see the intersection of low income and first gen come out is that people who have the resources to beef up their applications or have the resources to tour all the IVs and then some have a really strong edge in their applications. And you don't get that if you're a first-gen student and you certainly don't get that if you're a low-income student. If you identify that way, don't undermine your experience because it, it is a lot to, to take in without having that prior context. I do just want to say I have a similar complicated relationship with the title of first gen. My mom went to college while I was in high school. She was getting her degree while working two jobs. So like technically my mom went to college, but by the time she had like a good grasp of what college meant, I was in college. <laughs> like I had already applied still. I think it's really important, exactly what you were saying, Christina, that there is no qualification of the identity first gen or low income. There's no magic number that you are above or below that makes you either low income or not low income. If that is what your experience is, that is your experience and no one can take that away from you. A little bit of a, a little motivational push right there in the middle. So I wanna transition a little bit into what your experiences are like on campus. Would you guys mind sharing when the first time you felt supported as a first gen low income student on campus was? I, I would say for me, it was probably meeting a professor of mine, a mentor of mine, Dr. Luke Flores. He is an absolutely amazing person. I'm so happy to say that I'm PAing his seminar this year, which is such a big honor. He's such a big mentor to me. But I, I guess I would say you will feel most supported when you find someone to talk to who sort of understands everything that's going on. And so for me, I'm lucky enough for my parents show interest in in what I'm doing you know like like um, they'll ask me about like the lab I'm in or something like that but having Dr. Luke Flores and being able to like tell him even if it's oh I did this this week in the lab and it was super cool and him cheering me on that's so big you know to have someone who who understands the process and I guess understands the magnitude of it and can really support you I feel most supported by having someone to talk to who sort of understands the process fully yeah I'll just hop off that because Luke is amazing. Luke was literally the first Northwestern person I ever met. He picked me up from the train station in his personal car and drove me to campus on the first airbridge. 
there are incredible professors out there who are really, really willing to fight for fight for people with our identities. And like similarly, the, I think the first time that I really felt supported was through Bridge, was meeting people who, you know, when I was like, yo, I, I can't afford dinner tonight. They're like, yeah, I don't know, let's go to Allison. Like that is a little thing, but it, it's huge. And and having that community from the get-go, it kind of felt like I went into Wildcat Welcome and I went into freshman year with my squad and I, and I felt so almost like protected and supported and not just students like Jason was saying professors who I could go to and oh my god this professor wants me to pay how much for textbooks and my chem lab and all this stuff having those people on your side is an incredible feeling and I'm lucky that I had bridge that I didn't really have to look very hard they were just plopped in front of me just echoing everyone what everyone has said it definitely is it takes special people mentors around you to make you feel welcome and included as i mentioned previously i, I didn't even realize i was first gen i didn't really know that term until sometime with, uh in my freshman year i think there was a representative from quest who advertised the quest ice cream social i was like oh my gosh like this group existed and i didn't realize there was a, a group on campus and they were giving out free t-shirts and i was like oh i want a t-shirt I would say like it wasn't really a Northwestern mentor that was the first one, but I have a mentor still from the Art Institute. She's Dr. Madhubanti Ghosh. She's the curator and she has a very long title. She's the Alsdorf Curator of South Southeast Asian Himalayan and Islamic Art at the Art Institute of Chicago. But I was really blessed because I was able to um, get an internship there through the Mellon Summer Program, which is like a diversity curatorial program. It's aimed at Figley students and people who are traditionally underrepresented in the museum world. I was able to get my TA from my first ever art history class to write me a recommendation. And I would say that like I think about this a lot and it's like she had faith in me when that was my first ever art history class ever. And that has really kickstarted and allowed my career in the arts to happen. Yeah, like I've been really blessed to have people like that who like support me professionally and personally and see me as a person. I'll, I love to hear those stories. And I think that is one thing that I would recommend to any first year student is when you like a professor, just talk to them. They'll like you back. They're just human beings who happen to have four more degrees than we ever will, but that's fine. My first experience feeling supported was actually way earlier in the process. Northwestern has this thing called Wildcat Days where they invite students who are accepted regular decision to come see campus. And I got an email about them that said, hey, Carter, we recognize that your family is considered low income. Here's a flight voucher to come to Chicago. And I stayed with my cousin who lives in Lincoln Park. The rest was history. Like Northwestern was like $800. Okay, here you go. I guess I'm cheap because I couldn't have turned that down after $800, right? Thank you guys for sharing that. How did Wildcat Welcome change how you feel about your identities? I think way back, Christina, way back. Jason, maybe this one's yours because you're a little bit closer to the experience. Yeah, Christina touched on this a little bit before, but I had the privilege of staying on campus with other first-generation low-income students in a dorm, and that really was my first experience with Northwest. And then the first real experience with everyone else, the entire student body, was Wildcat Well. The first time that it really set in was they took us to Ryan Fieldhouse. I remember just seeing all of these people I'd never seen before. And like I said, it was all very exciting, but it was also a little bit eye-opening because it was very broad range of a group of people who I had not seen before, having been on this dorm surrounded by, you know, first generation and, and low-income students. And so sort of just 
opened my eyes to my identity in the first place, I guess, if that makes sense. Living in, in dorm, it, I didn't really see it as, oh, we're a whole bunch of group of first-generation low-income students. It was more so we're just a group of students living in this dorm. And, and once you're in Ryan, Ryan Fieldhouse and you see everyone, it's, oh, maybe maybe I am part of these groups, which is also, it also can be a beautiful thing because uh, you are part of that community. And you realize that that is a community at Northwestern. I do remember exactly what Jason said. I had my, I didn't see us Figley students. I just saw us as kids, as, as, as you know, freshmen. And then Wildcat Welcome hit. It definitely wasn't apparent. Like I said, no one is just like shouting, like, my dad's a CEO. But it's the little things that they talk about. They spent their summer vacation and hot or whatever, their second house, their lake house, little, those topics of conversation. I just want to be candid that like, I didn't have the best Wildcat Welcome experience because it was really, really jarring. And so I would go to the stuff in my group. I would go to lunches, go to the TNDs. But any second I got, I was, I was off and I was finding my bridge friends, which is really interesting because um, no shade, I love all my PA students from last year. Last year, I had a PA uh, student who was also a bridge kid, and she did the exact same thing. I got it so much. It's like, who are these people? I have my friends. I don't want to sit here and talk about your lake house. If I don't have to be around people who make me uncomfortable, who are making me face my identities in a way that I've never had to, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be with people I'm comfortable with. And so for students who are part of Bridge, for students who did BioXL, for students who have those communities, Walk Out Welcome can be a lot. Because it is nuanced, you don't even know why these people feel a little weird, why they feel a little different. So you're flocking to what you know, and you're flocking to your communities that you have. You know, being low-income is not a walk in the park. I'm not like celebrating it all the time, but the communities that come from it are so strong and so, so powerful. First years who are in those identities don't fight those urges to feel a little jarred. That's so normal and so natural. Really lean into your support systems. And then, and then that goes for PAs too, if you notice your students. At least for me, like noticing my student was kind of backing up. I was like, I'm not going to push someone to grow faster than they're ready to grow. I also had Kind of a rough welcome, welcome, but mainly because I did the international student orientation before that. So I had like basically two welcome welcomes and that was really rough. So uh, I couldn't have, I can bring the pep. I couldn't bring the stuff that everyone else was bringing because I've been here. I did the whole song and dance, but I think I, I feel you, Jason, when you said when you saw everyone and I am a part of this, I also felt really sad. I didn't feel any different from anyone else and that's been my saving grace as well as someone who identifies as first gen I often forget that fact I've been lucky to have people who support me having my parents being really excited because they were there for walk out welcome with me as well oh like I made it nothing else mattered we get to be on the same playing field which I mean obviously is not true and I realized that later because there are certain things that I didn't realize I didn't know at that point but it felt good at that point because I was like okay now we're starting at this point this is the right place to be and it felt like a really special time. It is a marathon in person, and it's going to be a marathon online as well. <laughs> Move-in was when I really just sat with the fact that I was first-gen low-income because my roommate moved in with basically nothing. My mom and I had driven across the United States 800 miles with our Chevy Suburban packed with every single thing I'd ever owned, and we unloaded it into this room. And my roommate moved in with literally nothing, which was really confusing, and then it made sense because his parents drove him to Target and then Best Buy and then I'm pretty sure like an Ashley Home Goods and then probably Blick Art Supply and also Urban Outfitters just drove him to a lot of stores and bought him everything he could need to live on campus. And I was like, 
oh, right, this is something that some people can afford. I still have like the dingy side table that I brought with me because I couldn't afford to buy us a new set of like plastic drawers at the time. And then like my mom splurged and got me a little cube organizer. And I was like, this is so nice. Thank you so much. I almost cried because I was like, I have a place to put my clothes. Amazing. But then I went to the SES booth, the student enrichment services booth, and they were giving out for qualifying low income students, they gave out a, I believe it was a $100 gift card, a pack of sheets that fit the weird size bed that you have to sleep in in a dorm because who has a twin XL at home and towel like face towels and bath towels that I hadn't brought from home. I still have my SES sheets and towels. I also I still have my SES sheets and towels. I use them all the time. <laughs> I use them all the time. They're so nice. And I was like, okay, that like this is uncomfortable that I am now facing the fact that I am poorer than people around me, but I know that I feel supported. I feel I felt the structure that I could fall back on. And that was really amazing. I wanted to ask a positive question. Where do you see your identity as a strength? I can start. I feel like I've never really seen it as a barrier necessarily because I'm just someone who's so gung-ho about everything. I'm very pushy with what I want. I'm very I'm very ambitious. And so I think it's it is a benefit because I I never came in with any preconceived notions, so I have a blank slate, right? Like and my parent I'm so lucky to have parents who are so supportive in what I want to do. And in fact, I think them not going to college is a kind of a blessing because I don't want to reinforce any stereotypes, but it's like, I often get the whole, I can't believe you're Asian because your parents never had any notion of what you're supposed to be. You're not supposed to be a doctor, a lawyer, or anything. Like my dad actively pushes me to study literature or history. And I I got to tell him like, dad, I don't want to do literature. (laughs) I'll stop at history. My dad would always tell me, I've never gotten the chance to do anything you have. And now that I have the resources to send you to college, I want you to do anything you want because literally make up for my lost time. Do whatever you love. I have to just focus on what I can be grateful about. Managed to get into such a good school. I have such a good support network. I know there are so many things in the future for me to achieve. If I focus on what I never had or any of the obstacles I had, then it's just going to hinder me from being able to achieve those things. I definitely find it to be a strength and something that's unique and definitive in my journey in a good way. It can be a negative thing, but it can also teach you a couple of things. Um, It can sort of teach you that we might not have someone we know to go to for an internship. It sort of teaches you that you kind of have to search and you kind of have to fight. Even back in high school when I was looking for programs and things like that, you know, you really got to put your best foot forward and and search as hard as you can because none of these things will sort of be be given to you. I'm thankful to have different resources on campus like SES and and like Luke, who we talked about before, you know, who have helped me. But I also know that being first generation has also taught me to seek those resources and also how to deal with it when you don't necessarily have. I guess it just makes you stronger at the end of the day. As the great scholar Kelly Clarkson once said, what doesn't kill you maketh you stronger. I thought, I think that's in the Bible part, actually. Oh, sorry. Um, Miss. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Is that blasphemous? I don't want to. I don't want to say that. But like equating Kelly to Jesus. I mean, um, I'm, I'm Jewish, so I could not tell you. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, that's exactly right. I, I love what Jesus said about that. I feel like he mentioned like it's a fight. And 
And I don't want to romanticize like struggle because it's not romantic. You know, when you feel alone, you're not like, wow, I'm growing so much. You feel alone. But it has, it has especially coming up on my fourth year now, I'm just like, oh my God, I did that. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I budgeted and I worked and I paid my own rent. I went to Bridge and I, I had to search out these opportunities. I found my own internships. And I do want to stress that if you don't come from a low-income background, there's nothing wrong with using your resources. If your dad works at, you know, Google, go work at Google for the summer. At the end of the day, we all have our resources and it's, there's nothing wrong with using them. But as a Figley student, our resources are limited, which means we might have to scrap a little harder to get there. And it is such a growing process. I feel like in control of finances, I feel in control of my career opportunities. I feel so in control of my life. And it's hard because control is scary. Control is terrifying. Sometimes you want to just Jesus take the wheel and not have to think about it or Kelly Clarkson take the wheel. It's worth it. It's super, super worth it. And you feel so proud of yourself. Also, it kind of just teaches you to live in the moment a little bit. I'm not worried about something that I didn't know I was supposed to be worried about, which was such a huge blessing. Even at Northwestern, I've had my academic moments, but I think because I don't, kind of like Fiona was saying, because I don't have that pressure from my parents to mimic their experience or to live up to their experience, I have so much room to fail. And that's been really beautiful. And that's been really awesome. And again, it's hard. I'm not trying to say like, oh, it's just this beautiful four years of, of growth. Like, no, it, it sucks sometimes. And I think it's, it's unfair to sugarcoat it. But if you can find moments of growth, that's kind of what keeps you going up. Absolutely. I think everything y'all said was beautiful. I'm going to pass on two words or three words of wisdom that came from my peer advisor when I was a wee freshman, three years ago now, almost four years. It's about the grit and the grind. It takes some grit to do the grind. And I really want to emphasize that coming into Northwestern as a Figley student, you might have less resources than students at Northwestern, but Northwestern is the biggest cache of resources that you will ever ever see. Northwestern has fingers in literally everything that exists in the planet. Like if you want to go into nanoscience, please do because you can because you're at Northwestern. If you need $100 a month for your therapy bills and you can't afford it, you can because Northwestern exists. If you are worried about textbooks, guess what? There's a program for you. It's called Books for Cats and it connects first year students with textbooks on the cheap or on the free if you can't afford them. Those resources are there for you. And while Figley students have to search for them. That does not mean that you can't use them, abuse them, and suck this institution dry until you graduate, because you should. That is what your right is to do as a student. You're not bothering anyone by using resources. You're not somehow stealing someone else's resources by using them. At the end of the day, if there aren't enough to go around, you're going to get denied. Like, that's just how it goes, right? So might as well try and apply. I want to close officially now with... A really stereotypical question. What would you say to first year Figley student you before they came to Northwestern? I feel like I'm the least suited to say this since I'm a rising second year. And also, uh, you know, I'll never forget an upperclassman called like a whole group of us freshman kids. Someone questioned it and he was like, you know, if, if you were a sophomore, I wouldn't call you kids because the growing from freshman year to sophomore year is so huge that like once you're a sophomore you've grown so much that no one can really call you a kid anymore to be brutally honest with you I'm terrified because everyone knows freshman year was was cut off um, early um but if I was you know from what little experience that I've had if I was to tell myself something it'd, it'd say you know don't don't be afraid to fail because failure is inevitable for everyone. Once you become comfortable with that and, and learn to sort of pick yourself up as, as you have in the past, then you'll, you'll be in a much better place.
not to scare you more, Jason, but I don't, I feel like more of a kid than I did when I, when I walked on campus. I think the kidness gets in some ways a lot more intense as you get older. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh my God, I'm 21 and I have to, what, graduate? And, and I guess I, that's part of like my advice would be to myself to sit, not think that you have it all figured out and not feel like you have to have it all figured out. I remember being a freshman and being like, I'm going to have X GPA and I'm going to take five classes every quarter. For who? What are you doing that for? Other than to stress yourself out. Something that's been really helpful to me is to recognize like on a big level, if you are first gen or low income, systemically, this university was not created for you. It was not created for you to succeed. And so you being here even if you're here and you're failing all your classes, even if you're here and you're doing one major and taking three classes every quarter, you simply existing on this campus is so powerful. Your ancestors are turning in their graves. They never could have imagined the level of success you would have achieved. And so contextualizing it like that, you just have to allow yourself so much grace because you're, you're, you're surviving and thriving in ways that, again, your ancestors or your parents, if you're first gen, could have never even imagined. Just your existence on this campus as a Figley student is so powerful. I love that. That makes me tear up. <laughs> I would think I would tell myself that I deserve a seat at this table just like everyone else. I might have to work harder. I might have to work longer and ask more questions. I have to just be proud and grateful for everything that has come to me. Definitely, I agree with Christina. Like, have compassion for yourself. A lot of people can be really tough on themselves at Northwestern, but at the end of the day, things are tough and there are a lot more challenges for Figley students and you just have to realize everything that you've accomplished and like you made it to Northwestern. That's a big deal and no one should ever forget about that. So true. I would sit myself down and slap myself across the face several times because of some of the preconceived notions that I came to college with about what college was going to be like. First, I'd say that a 3.5 GPA is really good. I want to tell every current high school student or graduating high school student that the 4.0 scale in college means something very different from what you think it does in high school. You will not get a 4.0 at Northwestern University. I just don't think you will. And if you do, please screenshot your transcript and send it to me. College GPAs look so different from high school and that 3.5, that 3.2, that 2.8, that 2.5, that 1.8, you graduated. Well, no, I, none of us have graduated. I should probably be beeping the word graduation at this point because it scares me. The goals that you set for yourself in high school look different when you get to college. They just will. A good GPA will look different. Ultimately, I think recognizing that as a Figley student, you have to run further than your peers and letting go of the comparison to the people around you, especially when it comes to those classes that publish everyone's grades with your net ID, ignore the rest of them because they didn't have to work three work study jobs for 25 hours a week to afford tuition. They didn't have to struggle to stay awake every night because you're so exhausted by the end of a nine hour work day that you can't do your homework. They didn't have to turn down student groups because you had to work. Recognize the power and the beauty and the strength of what you have to go through and acknowledge that it's hard. <laughs> acknowledge that it's okay to get to the end of the day exhausted and hopefully you'll be better for it and hopefully the results will pay off just not in the way that you think they will i wanted to thank the three of you so much for giving your insight and your wisdom and your experience to students who are in positions that we've been in not so long ago i want to encourage that Anyone who has found a resource that they vibe with as we talk about it, please connect to those resources. You can connect to any of us. And ultimately, if you have any questions about what it means to be a Figley student, ask. 
whether it's your peer advisor or a random professor that you email in the department that you're hoping to study in, there is support for you here. Because sorry to all of the rich people when I say this, sorry to all the millionaires, Figley students are here to stay at Northwestern and Figley students are here to f***ing kick ass, right? Come here, strive and thrive. You're going to kill it. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and we hope that you can see yourself as a part of the Northwestern community, no matter your income or socioeconomic background. See you next time.